Phantomaniacs, welcome to the newest episode of the Needless Things Podcast, where we talk about toys, movies, music, and all manner of pop culture dorkery. I'm your host, Dave, and I just got home from work, and I have here Ace Pear Cider. Now, some of you may know that my favorite beverage of all time is Ace Pumpkin Cider, but that season is over, even though some people associate pumpkin things uh up through thanksgiving apparently ace does not uh, i do not know uh, the california cider company produced and bottled by so ace pumpkin cider is no longer available however the california cider company also produces a pear cider and a pineapple cider now our pal red ranger has assured me that the pineapple cider is very good I'm not necessarily, like, I like pineapple, but I don't want to just sit and drink pineapple, but I'm a, I like pears. I like pears a lot. Uh, so I grabbed a sixer of the pear cider on the way home, since the pumpkin cider is not available, and since I didn't really feel like making tonight a rum night, and I'm already on my second one of these because, mm, it is delicious. It's sweet, but not too sweet. It has there. There's a magic to making a good cider. It's to give it all of the flavor, but not kill the imbiber with sweetness. And I feel like Ace is expert at that because they nail that pumpkin flavor, but it's not overly sweet. It's not like drinking a wine cooler or something. Uh, and this pair. It's, I can't say I love it as much as the pumpkin, but it's very, very good. I could easily see, see myself drinking all six of these tonight uh, over the course of the evening, over the course of the next few hours, not like now. But anyway, no more talk about cider. Uh, I'm going to do something a little different here. Now, this week's episode, uh, I don't generally like posting two pre-recorded episodes in a row, uh, as in things that were recorded at Dragon Con or at a convention or whatever, but uh, I just the the schedule has, has been insane. There's been a lot of stuff going on in life. Uh, I, I get, I'll tell you guys because you guys are here each and every week, and I love you for that. And uh, I think I can I can discuss some of this now. Uh, we had two, and I'm not going to get too specific here because we we don't really talk about this stuff publicly. But uh, we had two deaths in the family. Uh, two. Uh, not not anybody in the you know uh, troublemaker family that lives under the roof, but two members of the close extended family, uh, and we uh, we lost Mr. Otis. Uh, I say lost; that's not accurate. Uh, he's thirteen years old. He was thirteen years old. He lived a very long life, uh, enriching and making all of our lives better. He's definitely one, you know, we, we are animal people. They're members of the family. And, you know, Otis is one of the best companions I, I've ever had in my life. One of the longest uh, companions I've ever had in my life. We got him in 2006 in May, the day after my birthday, as a matter of fact. 
Uh, he, he was a purebred boxer that I got from a coworker whose mother uh, bred boxers. And he has been a constant companion for many, many years now, obviously. But 13 years is actually a pretty amazing age for a, a boxer or any large dog to reach. But we, we loved him and we took care of him and we made him part of the family. And uh, the end came and it was time and it was very difficult. It's one of the worst things I've ever experienced in my life, but it happened. And, you know, death is a part of life and I'm still, it still hurts. It's still horrible. I still hate to think about it and I miss him every single day. But between that and between the, the extended family members uh, and then everything else going on, because as, as I've told you guys before, October is uh, our anniversary, me and Mrs. Troublemaker, on October 15th. Uh, Phantom Jr. was born on October 27th. Uh, we are big Halloween people, although this year uh, I, I can't say we got everything we wanted out of Halloween because... Uh, you know, spookiness and death and all that isn't so much fun when it's actually going on. Uh, so, you know, we, we did what we could. Uh, we spent our time together as a family and loved each other and uh, were there for each other through all of this horrible stuff. And now it's, you know, it's November. All of that is very much still with us, but also to a certain extent resolved I guess uh and and we're we're moving on and I hadn't really planned on talking about any of that but there it is I guess it was time to do it I I was not capable of it uh, a few weeks ago and now uh it's it's out and like I said we didn't post it on Facebook or anything like that because we're just we're not all right, this is going to sound kind of ugly and judgy. We're not those people. And I don't mean anything by that. I just mean we don't, you know, I'm on Facebook to do what I can to spread entertainment and fun and joy. Uh, if you follow me, you know uh, there's not a whole heck of a lot my, of my personal life on there because that's, that's not what I'm there for. That's for my very close friends and family. I, I am, despite my public persona, I am a fairly private person as far as stuff like that goes. Uh, and and uh, my wife, uh, you know, has a very, very uh, small presence on Facebook, strictly for family and close friends. So uh, we're, we're just not public like that. We don't do that. Uh, but but for you guys who are here with me uh, with me every week, and I appreciate that, uh, that's, that's what's been going on. So uh, I'm going to try something a little different. Well, not not different necessarily, but a, a few weeks ago, I hope that you listened to the Halloween special. I'm very proud of it. I'm actually very proud of all of the October episodes because, as I said, things were really, really tough in October, and I feel like I kind of rallied and put together some really good stuff that wasn't maybe what I would have planned, but out of necessity is what needed to happen and uh, or what happened. And I'm actually really proud of of all all of the October episodes. So if you didn't, if you missed them, if you skipped one, go back and listen, uh, especially the Halloween special. Uh, but I did a news segment in the Halloween special, and while I had fun doing the whole thing, I really liked doing the news segment. So 
you know, at least this week and maybe next week and the week after if I think about it, uh, I'm going to give you a little news segment here where I'm going to talk about some stuff that's going on. And the first thing I'm going to talk about is the trailer for The Invisible Man coming from Universal and Bloomhouse uh, starring Elizabeth Moss. I just watched it. I, I popped up earlier today, and I have been... Uh, you know, I sort of follow things from afar a bit. I don't want to know too much about any production, especially stuff that I'm interested in. So I don't dip into spoilers. I don't look too much at the plot. I'll I'll see who's directing. I'll see who's involved. But I don't really want to know anything about movies that I want to see. But I do have to get to the point where I want to see the movie, if that makes sense. So I've been sort of casually following uh, this Invisible Man, and because of the people involved, I've been more and more interested, and they dropped a trailer today, and I really wish I hadn't watched it, because the trailer gives far too much away uh, about the the premise and the plot of the movie. Uh, The premise, I think you kind of have to know going in. I mean, it is called The Invisible Man, but the trailer... Quite frankly, it, it, it gives too much. Uh, and I'm sure I'll still enjoy the movie. The movie looks awesome. Uh, Elizabeth Moss is awesome. I really, really like the concept for this movie. I think it's a very smart update of the concept of The Invisible Man. So I'm totally stoked on it. Uh, but my recommendation to you, don't watch the trailer. Just wait until it comes out and go see it in the theater. I think it's going to be uh, another feather in Blumhouse's cap. Uh, I don't expect it to to launch another universal monsters cinematic universe or anything like that uh but i do i am excited about how ingenious this take is and i would love to see what these kinds of creators do with the rest of the universal monsters because the invisible man uh has been handled and adapted in many different ways over the years and while I probably wouldn't consider him one of my favorite monsters per se, I do tend to enjoy works that look at that condition of being invisible because they're they're always examinations of man's morality, you know, specifically male morality. Uh, and I, I this this again is falling in line with that. So I'm pretty stoked about it. So there you go. Uh, Add it to your calendar. I can't remember when it releases, uh, which if if I were any kind of good newscaster, I'd probably drop that date on you. But that's what Google's for. Uh, Just don't watch the trailer. Okay, so another piece of news. Uh, NACA is launching their own... Well, I think they bought Loot Crate, and they have this new thing called Loot Launcher. Fuel your fandom is the tagline. And the first two loot launcher crowdfunding campaigns end in uh, just under two weeks. One of them I'm very excited about. One of them I would like to be excited about, but I simply am not. And uh, here here they are uh, from NACA. The first one is a Gremlins dress-up-and-play figure. Now, this is uh, a generic Gremlin. If you've seen uh, Naka's Gremlins figures, you know they look absolutely incredible. Uh, hinged jaws, lots of articulation, very very faithful to the look in the movie. And this one figure for $49.99 comes with uh, two brand-new outfits, the Flasher Raincoat, and uh, the Flashdancer outfit, plus a ton of other stuff, a poker chip bow tie, 
uh, I'm sorry, a poker chip pile, a bow tie, a visor, a mallet, a hand puppet, which for me is a huge draw, a fedora, more hands, uh, sunglasses, a frosty mug, cigarettes, playing cards. This is basically an ultimate, ultimate gremlin pack. Now, 50 bucks is a little steep for this, but my issue with it isn't even the price because you can still get their Ultimate Gremlins figures. So if you want to make use of all those accessories, you can buy a couple more Ultimate Gremlins and you're good to go. Now, my issue is that I own several of NECA's Gremlins figures and they don't fucking stand up. Not even when you put them on stands. Now, if you got like doll stands with a little clip around the waist, that might be a different story. But I don't care for those because to me, that once you've put a doll stand on something, you've admitted that it's an action figure that can in no way stand up on its own. And and I, uh, as much as I'll forgive in action figures that I love, mm, or in beverages that I love, uh, that is one thing that I have a big problem with. Is a figure that even with a stand, cannot stand up. Uh, so I, I didn't back that one. I, I can't. As much as I would love to have that figure, and I would love to have that flash dance outfit, and the flasher raincoat, and, and that hand puppet. Oh, the hand puppet is so one of the things that I want. Uh, I ju- It's the little furry animal hand puppet where the gremlin's actually sitting there going, beep, 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 beep. it's hilarious. To me, it's one of my biggest laughs in the whole movie. Um, but anyway, I can't support that one. I'm not paying 50 bucks for an action figure, as good as it looks, that won't stand up. Now, you may be thinking to yourself, Dave, put the Flashdance outfit on it, lay it on its back like it's doing the backspin, like it does in the movie, you're good to go. And you've got a really good point there, and I'm going to think about that. Uh, okay, the other loot launcher crate to me, is a must-have because it is a 30th anniversary TMNT movie crate. Now, if you know me, you know that the 1990 Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movies uh, movie is one of my favorite movies of all time. I think it's one of the best comic book adaptations, if not the best. Uh, it's a tremendous work from Jim Henson uh, Jim Henson's Creature Shop. And it, I, I love it. I adore that movie. I've watched it so many times. And this crate, the, the, the centerpiece of it is a sort of Spirit of Splinter figure that's reminiscent of all of the Spirit of Jedi figures that Hasbro's put out over the years for the Star Wars line. Uh, of course, much nicer looking. It's a, it's a translucent version of the Splinter figure that they released for San Diego Comic-Con that nobody was able to buy because NACA's system was so fucked up this year for ordering their San Diego Comic-Con stuff, but that will be appearing at GameStop soon, and I already have pre-ordered. Uh, but anyway, it's a translucent splinter, and it comes... Well, one thing that amuses me, it comes with the campfire accessory that came with the uh, Ultimate Part 2 Jason figure from Friday the 13th. It comes with that... Was it part two or part? Yeah, the part two came with the campfire. Uh, because, if you remember from the movie, the turtles are sitting around the campfire meditating, and they manage to commune with Splinter. Uh, he's back in Manhattan. They're out on the farm. And uh, he he has an out-of-body uh, message to send them. And so that's that's what this represents. So just because it's a 1990 TMNT movie figure, I have to have it. But this 
also includes a t-shirt and some other accessories and goodies. Like, it's not just this figure for 50 bucks. It comes with TMNT movie-related goodies as well. So that was something that I had to have. Here, here's what it says. An epic assortment of other TMNT movie collectibles and accessories. So... Uh, you know, whatever that means, I don't care because I want to buy anything that I can from that movie because it didn't have a lot of merchandise. Uh, it had some, from some figures from Playmates that, let's be honest, were not great. And uh, that's it. Soundtrack, I've got the score on vinyl. Uh, I need the soundtrack on vinyl or on CD. It's apparently quite expensive now. But uh, not a lot of merchandise for this movie. So to have a shirt... Uh, and, and anything else they throw in this crate, I'll be happy to have it. So I backed that one. So here's the deal. The TMNT campaign is just over 70%. With under two weeks left, it's going to happen. Because like you're going to have your Big Bad Toy Story, your Entertainment Earth, your Dorkside Toys. Those guys are going to jump on it and boost the numbers up to get it across the, the line. That's what they always do. And uh, So I'm not worried about this one, and I backed it. Uh, the Gremlin set, however, is at 13%, and I suspect that so a lot of people probably feel the way I do about the figures not being practical, but also uh, 50 bucks for a figure with a bunch of accessories seems a little steep. And, and yeah, it is a lot of accessories, but I think that one's a little harder sell. So that's where we're at with the NACA Loot Launcher. Uh, you can just Google NACA Loot Launcher and find out everything you want to know, although I think I told you pretty much everything you need to know. And uh, that is basically our news this week. Uh, one other thing I want to address, I posted on Facebook that I was thinking about not attend. <laughs> and look... I think it's a little silly that I feel the need to address this, but the responses were uh, very interesting. I posted on Facebook that I was thinking about not attending Dragon Con next year and instead trying to find a good horror convention. Now, there are two things I want to address here. First and foremost, I want to address the fact uh, that that was not in any way a dig at Dragon Con's horror programming. Uh, I know... That obviously a good friend of the show, Derek Tatum. I love Derek. He he's fantastic. He works very very hard, and every single year produces uh, top notch programming for Dragon Con. I love the horror track. I love being there. I've said every single year. I wish I could do more with the horror track. Uh, that was in no way a dig at Dragon Con's horror. It was really uh, more a statement on my fatigue with Dragon Con, with the amount of money it takes out of me, with the amount of time and energy it takes out of me, I was just sort of thinking, and, and this is also somewhat a result of everything that we've been going through over the past month, uh, where I'm, 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 I wouldn't say I'm at a low point, it's just, you know, things are, things are not uh, happy shiny right now. So I've been doing a lot of thinking about a lot of things. And Dragon Con cost a lot of money. And it takes a lot of my time. I said this past year, I felt like I did too much. I overcommitted. And uh, I think that, you know, if I were, <laughs> excuse me, if I were to go next year, that I, I would have to promise myself to do less. But just thinking about the amount of money, 
we could go to one of these big, cool, out-of-state horror conventions that we see posted about all the time with great guests like Bruce Campbell. I met Bruce Campbell in 2001. Haven't seen him since because he doesn't come to Georgia. Uh, he goes to lots of places real close to Georgia. He goes to Knoxville. He goes to, uh, uh, what, Chattanooga, I think. Like, he goes all around Georgia, but he doesn't come to Georgia. I need to meet Bruce Campbell again before the guy dies because the first time I met him, I couldn't say anything because I hadn't met any famous people, and I was so awestruck I didn't know what to do. Um, uh, you know, the guy's one of my heroes. Uh, just, just stuff like that. There are a lot of people who don't come to Georgia. Uh, there are a lot of cool things that happen at horror conventions that are not in Georgia. And for whatever reason, as much as Atlanta is a huge center for horror now uh, and for filmmaking in general, we just don't get a lot of cool stuff here outside of Dragon Con. And Dragon Con has a very, you know, as much as there's something for everybody. And as much as I love it, and as much as all weekend long you can absolutely find something to do 24-7, in a weird way, Dragon Con has kind of a narrow focus. Uh, or not narrow, but every year, to a certain extent, it's sort of the same stuff. It's different different guests from the same things, or the same fields. or the, I, I don't know. I don't know exactly where my dissatisfaction is coming from. Probably just from the fact that for over a decade now, I've been devoting so much of my overall year of enthusiasm and energy to Dragon Con. And I think it would be really cool for, for me and the missus uh, to get out to one of these cool, fun horror conventions that's somewhere else that's a big deal. I, I hear about Spooky Empire, um, places up in the Northeast doing all kinds of crazy stuff. Like, I, I want to, I, I really want to experience something different. And and part of what led to this was last year, uh, me and Phantom Junior went to the Augusta Toy and Comic Convention, and and Joe Fest. And just had an absolute blast. And and also putting on the panel at the Atlanta Comic Con. Uh, the, the Batman 1989 panel. Which, by the way, that reminds me. I need to submit for a panel for next year. Uh, but just getting out and doing different things. You know, that's always been one of my sort of uh, challenges, I guess. Is I, I can't do repetition. Uh, one, one of the reasons, as much as I loved stand-up comedy ever since I was very, very young, I was addicted uh, to any kind of stand-up comedy on television. I loved, you know, when comedy, when Comedy Central was the comedy channel and it played a lot of stand-up, MTV's Half Hour Comedy Hour, uh, all of the shows that were around in like the 90s, all the HBO and Showtime comedy specials. Uh, I'll never forget discovering They Might Be Giants on Jake Johansson's comedy special. Uh it's it's uh i love stand-up it's a passion of mine i love storytelling i love jokes but i remember finding out and i want to say a brian regan special was when i kind of twigged to the fact that stand-ups just repeat their act over and over and over again and i'm not saying that as anything bad about them uh because i understand 
it's owning their craft. It's finding the best way to tell those stories over and over. It's it's uh, taking a joke and polishing it to perfection over time and figuring out the timing and the, the content and, and the bits and the pieces and putting it all together as one big act. Uh, I, I, it's, I find that very admirable, and I love the art of stand-up, but it's not for me. Uh, in doing a couple of spoken word things over the years, I learned that, uh, pardon me, I'm going to take another sip of beverage, and I believe this episode might have just turned into another Phantom special, which means I'm going to have to dig into a certain artist's song lists to figure out a title for this episode. There is one person on the planet that knows what that reference is. One person that knows when I do an episode like this, where I get the title from. Uh, and that is my, my good friend, Dana Swanson. If you run into Dana and you think about it and you care, ask her, where Phantom gets the titles for his introspective rambling episodes. She is the only person on this planet that can answer that question. Or you can go back through the archives at uh, Needless Things Podcast on Podbean, NeedlessThingsPodcast.com, or Old Needless Things, which is the old website where everything is still posted. Uh, if you want to run back through... The prior 289 episodes and find the like three or four episodes where I've done this before uh, and figure out the connection of those titles, then you are more than welcome to do so. Or you can just run into Dana and uh, she probably doesn't. No, I bet she remembers. I bet she remembers that I told her that uh, because her reaction was was exactly what I wanted it to be. Uh, so anyway, there you go. Uh, there, there's a little bit of trivia and also this episode has turned into one of those episodes because we're almost at the half hour mark now and I've definitely got a whole lot more that I can talk about with the help of my friend Ace Pear Cider uh, so uh, let's see where where were we oh I was uh supposedly wrapping up the news but actually talking about dragon con so i still look to address that post i still love dragon con uh and in all likelihood i will be at dragon con next year because i just can't resist the pull of the microphone uh, oh, that's that's what I was talking about is why I never even thought about doing stand-up is I know I can't go and every night go out and deliver the same monologue, the same jokes, the same thing over and over and over. Uh, I need, as much as I hate change in my life, I do need change in my hobbies and entertainment, I guess. Uh, which is why podcasting works for me, which is why uh, spoken word storytelling works for me. That kind of stuff I enjoy, but I don't want to tell the same stories over and over and over again. Uh, and now I sort of feel like Dragon Con, I have gotten in a rut with Dragon Con. 
And it doesn't mean that I don't love it. And it doesn't mean that I'm like, I'm done with Dragon Con. Blah, blah, blah. Dragon Con's no fun. I still love the classics track. I love the horror track. Uh, I, I was delighted to be part of the urban fantasy track. Uh, I love the puppetry track. Obviously, I want to take part in all of those things. And that's probably what will draw me back next year. If anything does, is is less Dragon Con itself and more my commitment to those people and my desire to to be around them and to work with them uh but it is a huge financial and time commitment and uh that that's just you know it's one of those things i'm thinking about uh it's what it is and speaking of financial commitments oh and to address the people who commented on that post uh in a disbelieving manner i do absolutely mean that i'm considering not going but i don't I will not try to convince you that I am 100% absolutely not going. So that that's that's not the statement I'm making. The statement I'm making is I'm thinking about doing something different for one year. Now, at this point, you may think to yourself, but Dave, you are a Hilton Legacy member. You already have your rooms booked for 2020. And if you were to cancel that, one, you'd lose your deposit. I think. I think... They took a one-night deposit out, and I don't think it's refundable. I'm going to have to go look at my credit card record on that. Uh, But the thing that I have to consider is that that is a small fraction of the overall cost of the five nights, like Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, four nights, four nights that I stay down there at DragonCon. And yes, that is correct. I would just be throwing that deposit money away, I believe. Uh, But... Having visited the uh, luxurious Hotel Indigo, I realized I could very easily stay there and be happy. Uh, It costs less. It is not the legacy deal where it's very hard to get into. You could still book a room there. Uh, But, but... At this, there's no reason whatsoever to cancel my hotel uh, until I think I can do it like 24 hours out or something like that. I'll have, like I said, I'll have to look into all this. This is a long way off, you guys. These are just thoughts going around my head right now. But if I were to not attend in 2020, I think in 2021 when I went back, because I probably would, uh, I could just stay in the Hotel Indigo and and be perfectly fine. I, I actually really liked that location too. Uh, so that is what's up with that. Um, I had the next topic I was going to move on to, but then I went back around to repetition and uh, discussing why I never became a stand-up. Why I never became a stand-up by Dave West. Maybe that'll be... No, that can't be the title. I've got to maintain my theme. Uh, so other horror conventions are out there, or, or horror conventions are out there. I say other horror conventions. The only one I've really been to is Days of the Dead, and, uh, look, I've had a lot of fun there, uh, in particular, uh, you know, being part of the blue track and doing the game show there was fantastic. But if you look at days of the dead and you compare it to some of the larger horror conventions that are out there, the kind that like Joe Bob Briggs goes to, there's a pretty wide gap in those things. That's all I'm saying. Uh, So, moving on to other things I could potentially ramble about. Oh, let's talk about Creepshow, which recently uh, completed its first season on Shudder and has already been signed for a second season. 
it was awesome. I'm not going to run down every single episode. I will say that the very first, or I guess the first half of the first episode, I'm still not clear on. Uh, there, I believe there were six episodes. Each one was two parts for a total of 12 segments. Uh, but the first segment, the house of the head was my favorite horror thing I've seen in a very, very long time. I've watched it, uh, four times now. I love it. Uh, I love the fact that I know the guy that provided all of those little props for the dollhouse, uh, Luke Godfrey, who worked on the whole season of creep show, which was apparently all filmed here in Atlanta. I loved this show. There were some segments that I didn't like as much as others. Uh, There were even a couple that I just flat out didn't like. But overall, those 12 segments were so strong uh, and projected such a great horror message, a variety of horror, but that all fell into that pulpy creep show vibe. Uh, And that was the most important thing to me, is that they all had... had different tones but they all fit into what i think of as creep show because we have two movies uh two very very good creep show movies that are touchstones for what something with creep show on it should feel like and to me this series nailed it i loved it uh i am super stoked in other toy news that naka is releasing a creep figure uh, I believe it comes out in January of this coming year. It looks incredible. And it while it has a soft goods robe, it actually, uh, which made me assume it was part of their retro cloth line, which is an 8-inch scale, uh, it's being advertised as a 7-inch scale figure. So it fits with their like ultimate line of figures. They're Michael Myers, and that, well, that's not narrowing anything down because they've done Michael Myers in both of those scales. But the, the smaller... Um, more regular action figure kinds and not the ones that have the soft good clothes that are that resemble Migos which right now I am staring uh, the 2018 Michael Myers and the nun Valak right in the face they're standing on my desk they are some of the first ones that I've opened now I opened up uh, Weird Al and uh one other non-horror one, and I can't remember what it is now. Oh, and I opened up Chucky as well, because to me, the 8-inch retro cloth Chucky that they released, not the ultimate Chucky, but the one with the fabric coveralls, scales with my 12-inch 6th scale horror figures. He looks the size of a Chucky doll compared to 12-inch figures. Uh, he might be a little small, but still, I put him on the shelf with those guys, and he looks really good. I'm very happy with that scaling. Uh, but anyway, so a creep from Creep Show is coming from NACA in January. That's awesome. Uh, Castle Rock just started. We got through the first four episodes over the past couple of days. I love it. Lizzie Kaplan is doing an amazing job as Annie Wilkes. I'm trying to figure out exactly where... Because uh, the first season of Castle Rock, I don't believe anything that the characters did directly contradicted anything that has happened in Stephen King's books. Uh, I, I think you could sort of squeeze everything from that first season in between the lines 
of the the books that the the scenarios and the characters were pulled from but Annie Wilkes is very much uh, one of the main characters of this season and I'm trying to figure out if this is supposed to fall in line with misery or if it's sort of an alternate universe thing uh, or maybe she's somewhere else along the beams I don't know but it's it's great we're enjoying watching it Tim Robbins I actually haven't seen Tim Robbins in anything in a while and I had forgotten what a powerhouse that guy is holy shit he is so good uh he's one of those mesmerizing actors on the screen so uh, we're we're thoroughly enjoying it i know we've got two more episodes that have dropped uh that we need to get to that we will probably get to right after i'm done recording this for you guys and another thing that i want to mention and this is something else i i brought up on the social media i actually got a ton of interaction on this one and i appreciate they got that uh from everybody that responded to this one uh we got rid of cable and there are two ways you can look at that maybe more than two ways one of the ways you can look at that is well i got rid of cable in 2012 and i haven't paid for it in years blah 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 welcome to the club yeah yeah good for you hipster another way you can look at it is well, I pay for my cable, and uh, I don't understand how you think you're going to save any money signing up for all those streaming services, but I've still got the Fish Channel and the Golf Channel and the Tobacco Channel and the Toe Picking Channel, and I, I, if you want all those channels, you're going to have to pay a whole lot of money to get them streaming. And look, that is honestly kind of the stance I had up until recently where I had sort of casually looked into trying to drop cable. And I'll be honest, uh, the, the pricing, I, I had that stupid, well, the streaming services are going to cost me just as much as the cable would, so why even bother? Uh, there'd be the, the inconvenience of having to drop the cable and having to talk to a, a person at Comcast, because that's who we have, Comcast or Xfinity or whatever you want to call them. Uh, it just... It all honestly, like anything related to technology or related to making changes in that way, it seemed overwhelming to me, and I just kind of kept going with the cable uh, because I mean, obviously, you have to have internet, and whatever you want to say about Comcast, they tend to have the best, fastest available internet. Now they may be throttling the shit out of it, but everybody's going to be doing that unless you're lucky enough to have Google Fiber. Which, apparently, Google has just fucking given up on that, or expanding that anymore. So, it was time to make a choice. And, last week, for some reason, I got the bug up my ass. I talked to the family, and look, I don't, I don't make these sweeping decisions on my own. There, there are two other people in this house that... Uh, have entertainment needs, have lives, had needs for their downtime, uh, are into other things, and I take them into consideration. I don't, I don't want to just say, guess what? No more cable. Too bad for you. Uh, so we discussed it and kind of realized that I was the primary cable viewer. Uh, most of what 
Phantom Jr. and Mrs. Troublemaker take in comes from streaming services or YouTube or playing video games or whatever, there's very little cable usage that anybody's invested in. Uh, for me, it was Raw and SmackDown. That that was well, and to a lesser extent, AEW, which I'll address uh, probably in just a few minutes here. But uh, watching Raw and SmackDown live is something that I've been doing for over twenty years now. Yeah, just think about that for a second. Since fall of nineteen ninety six. Now, I haven't always watched them. I, I say watching Raw and SmackDown live. Uh, more often than not, especially uh, over the last uh, f- 13, 14 years since I've had this job. Uh, obviously, I don't always watch it live because sometimes I'm at work. But let's say watching it as soon as possible. Since 1996, I've watched every single Raw and SmackDown that have aired. And I've watched them either live or as soon as I could after they aired. So to cut the cord, to not have cable meant that I would be at the mercy of whenever they went up on Hulu. I had told myself last week that that would be okay. But to to get back to my original point, those were really our only cable TV uh, air quote needs. Obviously, the even the idea of cable TV needs is absolutely absurd and ridiculous, but we're in a first world country. We have first world problems. You understand what I'm saying. Uh, but I thought about it, and I was like, you know what? Arian watches them late. Lots of people watch them late. I, I can deal with it. I don't need it. If I can get rid of the cable and save us a chunk of money, then it's worth it. So Wednesday, I posted up online, uh, thinking about cutting the cord. Any tips? What streaming services does everybody use? I got a lot of input. That's where I got all the great input from everybody. And uh, kind of built up, honestly, to calling Comcast. Because you can't do it online. Their, their website is is not designed to let customers make changes or save money or really do anything that's beneficial to the customer in any way whatsoever. So I got on the phone preparing myself for up to an hour, possibly more, of rigorous communication with someone who probably uh, had English as a second language, if that, who had probably had a a list of crib notes in front of them of things to say to me to convince me not to get rid of cable. Uh, I, I really built myself up to deal with uh, a hassle, a, a not pleasant experience. It was suggested on that Facebook post because I, I posted after I looked at the website hoping that I'd be able to just make some changes there. I posted, well, uh, Comcast makes it impossible to go online. It looks like I'm going to have to call somebody. And uh, somebody suggested, I think it was Jim Stapp, suggested you should record it and put it up as a podcast. And I thought, you know what, that might actually be kind of entertaining. And I didn't, I no longer have my 
phone recorder, or I guess it was on my old phone that I, I don't have a phone recording app. So I just called, and it took about five minutes. And the customer service person was one of the most pleasant people I have ever spoken to on the phone. She immediately said, here's what we can sign you up for. Here's what you were paying. Here's what you will be paying. Uh, the service is equivalent. You get this download speed. You get this upload speed. Uh, how many streaming devices do you have? Okay, great. That's going to work just fine. Do you guys have your phone on the Wi-Fi? Cool. That won't be a problem at all. You, you are making... Uh, as far as your internet service, you're making a lateral move. We are dropping your phone service. We are dropping your cable service. And uh, here is your new price. And my new price is $160 a month less than what I was paying. Now, that includes the equipment that I was renting. But I took that equipment back. This is, I got very proud of myself. I was very proud of myself for two things. One, for making the call and getting it done. Getting rid of fucking cable that we don't need. A thousand channels of bullshit. The second thing I was proud of myself for was immediately rounding up our various cable boxes because we had the main DVR box. We had two of those satellite boxes. Uh that you, you put, you know, in other TVs so you can watch all your DVR recordings, which look, don't get me wrong. That's very convenient. It's very nice. It's very handy. Uh, but I, I wrangled all that stuff together and immediately got in the car and drove it back to the Xfinity store, got my receipt done. That equipment is off our bill out of our lives. So, I mean, it's just an amazing a hundred and sixty dollars a month think about that that's wild that's a lot of toys you guys i'm just kidding it's not for toys uh it's probably it's probably for braces uh so anyway uh got both of those things done today very proud of myself very accomplished uh, because it's very hard to sit down and make that kind of decision and to execute it and I know that may sound ridiculous but i think 90 percent of you are probably sitting out there going wow that's impressive. I, I hope you are anyway. Uh, so, got that done and looked at our streaming services. I upped our, we already had Hulu. Uh, my Mrs. Troublemaker had signed up for Hulu a year, maybe two years ago, because there was something that she wanted to watch. I transferred the Hulu over to me, so I'm paying for that now. And I upped it to the commercial free, uh, commercial free Hulu, and it is awesome. I, I've been I'm watching community right now. I've been wanting to watch community for years. All I had ever seen, I'd seen maybe one or two episodes here or there, and then I watched the G.I. Joe episode. Uh, because uh, our buddy Noel cued me into them doing a G.I. Joe episode. So I recorded that, watched it, absolutely loved it, and just never got back into the show for whatever reason. And then once we did get the Hulu, I, I can't watch commercials. I can't do it. I cannot sit there and stream a 22-minute show that has three commercial breaks. I can't do it anymore. So I once I upped the Hulu, I was like, oh, shit, I'm watching Community now. And I'm like halfway through the second season, and it's awesome. It's so good. It's such a good show. I don't think it's going to replace Parks and Recreation as my favorite sitcom, but it's it's a very, very good show, uh, and I'm delighted that I'm able to make my way through it now. Um, so we, we already had Netflix. We already had Amazon Prime. We already had Hulu, WWE Network, uh, Boomerang, 
Which, I need to look into this because, well, I'll, actually, I'll get to that in a second. So, Boomerang. Boomerang's five bucks a month, and it's totally worth it to us because uh, me and Phantom Jr. watch a lot of stuff on Boomerang all the time. All the Scooby-Doo is on there. Um, tons of Looney Tunes. Uh, basically, whatever Boomerang cartoons. What was on the network, it's on there. Uh, I wish they'd get uh, Dexter, uh, not Dexter, uh, Foster's Home for Imaginary Friends on there. Although we have, I think we've got most of that on DVD. But anyway, for five bucks a month, Boomerang, we find it to be very worthwhile. However, Friday night, or Friday, prior to SmackDown airing, uh, WWE ran into a big problem in Saudi Arabia, because that's what happens when you deal with Saudis. Uh, and that is not uh, racist. That is countryist, I guess. I don't know. But uh, WWE, if you don't know, uh, most of their SmackDown roster got stuck in Saudi Arabia after a show that they did there. So Friday on a Friday night on SmackDown, last Friday night, they had to figure out what the heck they were going to do with 80% of their roster stuck in the desert. And what they did was, and, and I read all of this, I knew something was going on, and I was like, man... I really want to watch SmackDown live tonight and see what goes down. And I couldn't do it. So over the course of the weekend, I kind of talked to some people. I figured out what was going on because Hulu, which gets the Raw and SmackDown replays, the SmackDown did not go up till Sunday. And what I discovered over the course of the weekend was that that is not acceptable to me. I need to be able to watch SmackDown as soon as I can watch SmackDown and Raw. And actually more so for Raw because SmackDown, quite frankly, since it moved to to Fox, has not been great. I cannot claim that I have been enjoying SmackDown very much since it moved to Fox. Uh, But Raw, I feel like, has been uh, fairly good since the official roster split, since the last draft. And uh, I've been enjoying it. I want to watch it as soon as I can watch it. I'll talk about Wednesday nights in a minute. Uh, so, asked asked around again and again if you responded on Facebook to this, and please join the Needless Things Podcast Facebook group, which is where I should have asked about this stuff. Uh, but, got a lot of responses online. I sat down, I kind of looked at my options, and I decided to sign up for Sling. Uh, because I knew that all of our devices had that app. And... For 25 bucks a month, Sling has USA TNT, uh, which is where AEW airs, and Fox, and a bunch of other channels that are ones that we tended to gravitate towards on cable. It does not have the garbage like the Golf Channel and the Tochi's Channel or whatever I said before, uh, but it is, it's your, your central basic cable standards are on there. AMC, TNT, FX, uh, FXX. So for 25 bucks a month, which keep in mind, previously $160 a month, 25 bucks a month, I get the, the basic cable stuff that I want. And then I look and well, for five bucks more, I get DVR service. And for five bucks over that, I get boomerang and a, a package of other like animation type channels. Now I haven't signed up for that yet because I want to look into it and see if it's equivalent to the boomerang streaming service or if it's literally just the boomerang channel 
Because that Boomerang streaming service is fantastic, and it's a whole different beast from just having Boomerang as a channel. So I'm going to look into that. But uh, if it is equivalent, then I drop the Boomerang streaming service and just add the Boomerang package onto Sling. Uh, so that's what I did. I added Sling. I watched Raw. Well, we've already been using the hell out of Sling. We watched, I watched and recorded Raw. It worked fantastically. It's much cleaner. Uh, than the old Comcast DVR interface. I like it a lot more. And here's something for you. The picture is so much better from these streaming services than it ever was from anything that came through that Comcast box. On demand, live TV, DVR, all of it, the streaming, every bit of streaming we watch looks better than what came through that Comcast box which is crazy to me because we're getting it all through Comcast Internet. I don't understand how that works, but what are you going to do? Uh, so, yeah, that's that's where I'm at with that. No more cable, but we have a number of streaming services. And overall, with everything that I added and uh, everything that I cut, I'm still saving $130 a month, which, like I said, probably going to braces. Which is fine, because that's life, that's how things work. There is a balance. Sometimes the balance isn't exactly what you'd like it to be, but I have found that in most cases, if you really sit down and take a look at things, uh, and you're not too hard on yourself, and you're not too mopey about everything, that there is a balance that, that can be found into how life works. Oh man, I am almost out of my second ace pair cider, which means I need to wrap this thing up soon. Uh, so the only other note that I had that I could potentially talk about tonight. Oh, and you know what? I'm gonna have to make a. F- uh, I'm gonna have to make up a few minutes because at the beginning of the episode, uh, I mentioned what this week's episode was supposed to be about or was supposed to be which was going to be the uh classic video game hall of fame panel from this year's dragon con and i'm gonna have to cut that little segment out now because this episode ended up not being about that at all which is fine or at least i hope you guys think that's fine that episode will still air at some point uh it just didn't end up happening tonight because i got uh bit by the talkie bug but yeah, I'm going to have to go back and cut that out. So actually, I need to add a few more minutes on here. So what I'm going to do is pull up the Needless Things Podcast Facebook group. And while that's coming up, I'm going to go to our pal's toy arc. And I'm going to see if there's anything that I can mention right here on toy arc that I think is worth talking about. Uh, and just scrolling through the listings, unfortunately, it looks like there's not really anything else that's newsworthy. The, the NACA loot launchers were kind of the big things. Okay. So super seven, this actually is something that I wanted to talk about at some point and I wasn't sure where it would be or what the context would be. Uh, you guys probably know that super seven is one of my favorite toy companies. I tend to like just about everything they offer whether it's their Masters of the Universe classic style figures or whether it's their reaction figures. They're just, they're a great company that so often 
are perfectly tailored to my wants and needs as a collector. So I, I have a lot of reaction figures, you guys. As a matter of fact, just looking at what's next to me, I have a stack of six reaction figures that I still have to find a home for. It's uh, two of the RoboCop figures, the Ghost figure, uh, a King Diamond figure, uh, some kind of glow-in-the-dark, weird, custom-inspired figure that they put out, and then another glow-in-the-dark King Diamond figure that I have to figure out what I'm going to do with. Maybe it's a giveaway. I don't know. Giveaways didn't go so well for Needless Things, so I'm not sure. But And then there's another stack on the uh, Phantom Futon in front of me that's probably about six more figures and who knows how many dozen other figures because you got to think about it. i've got bigger trouble in little china i've got aliens i've got two series of the worst i've got universal monsters uh i've, I've got a lot of reaction figures i love them uh they're a neat format i don't open them it's one of the rare toy lines that i leave on the packaging because one the card art tends to look so good. These figures look really classy. Uh, if you get star cases, uh, which are, are made for vintage Star Wars figures, if you get star cases and put these Super 7 figures in the star cases, they look so classy on your wall. I wish the star cases weren't quite as deep as they are, but what are you going to do? Uh, as uh, the Major Wrestling Figure Podcast would say, beggars can't be choosers. Uh, which doesn't really make sense to me because I'm not begging for these. I'm buying these, but it's what's available. You, you take what you can get. Uh, I love these, though. I feel like presentation-wise, on the blister card, these are nice little pieces of art. That's what they are to me. But Super 7 has increased the already ridiculous $15 price tag on these that was I bristled every time I had to spend had to every time I chose to spend 15 bucks on one of these figures uh it really uh, I made that noise uh, they have raised the price on these to $18 you guys and uh you know, I've said this before. I, I said this when Marvel Legends went from nine ninety nine to fourteen ninety nine, uh, which I am now paying nineteen ninety nine for those things, and it makes me a little sick every time I think that. I, I think of it in those terms. Uh, but man, eighteen bucks for these little three and three quarter inch action figures is absurd, and I, I feel very strongly that I'm out. The, I ordered those RoboCop figures, the glow in the dark RoboCop figures, because. Quite frankly, I just can't say no to glow-in-the-dark RoboCop figures. And I think I justified it by the fact that they're glow-in-the-dark, so that was like an extra bonus feature to me. Uh, and then I ordered the uh, New York Comic-Con exclusive Universal Monsters, which come on thicker, different packaging, and glow-in-the-dark in different colors. And I think that's how I justified paying 20 bucks a piece for those. But unless they do something really, really special, I, I think I'm out. Because the the problem with these is when I get them, I tend to get them directly from Super 7, which means I'm paying for shipping as well. Now, if Super 7 start, was doing free shipping with these prices, maybe that would be a different story. Probably not, because that still works out to a lot of money. Uh, but... When you stack shipping on top of $18 per figure, it's just crazy. 
And uh, if, you, if you try and get them from the store, which you can go to FYE, and if you want to get a reaction figure to open, uh, that's fine. But they're typically pretty banged up if you get them from FYE. So I don't recommend it if you want to keep them on the card. But if you want one to open, which I, I bought a uh, Papa from FYE, and the the plan was to open it. It's a little bent up, and that's fine because right? I'm going to open him up and I'm going to put him up there with the worst, and and I'll have a little display of a, a few loose reaction figures that I've got. Uh, but just very disappointed. And then on top of that, uh, you've got the you know Super Sevens, absolutely incredible looking Ninja Turtles figures. That if you haven't checked them out, you should go check them out. Uh, but forty five bucks a piece, man. As much as they're tickling my nostalgia. I just cannot justify it. I want them so bad. Believe me, you guys. I want those figures because, to me, the 1980s Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles toy line was what replaced G.I. Joe. I went from Mego to Star Wars to G.I. Joe to Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. That was my progression. And... As much as I wasn't a huge fan of the Ninja Turtles cartoon, that toy line was magic to me. There's a lot of nostalgia there, and I was actually surprised at how much there was when I saw the first images of uh, Super 7's Ninja Turtles figures. Now, I'm not talking about their reaction figures. I'm talking about the deluxe... Uh, I'm honestly not even sure what the line is called. It's, it might be like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Classics. I'm not positive. It's the larger scale figures that are similar to the Masters of the Universe Classics figures. Uh, fully articulated, lots of accessories. They look, ama- they look amazing. They look like when you were a kid, what you wanted those Ninja Turtles figures from Playmates to be. Or at least what I wanted them to be. So this is... I mean, this is a dream toy line to me, but 45 bucks a piece, I just cannot justify it, especially when I have, you know, if, if there was one Ninja Turtles dream line, it would be the movie Turtles, and I've got, I'm looking at those right now, the four movie Turtles, and like I said, I've got the next four figures pre-ordered from GameStop already, so that Ninja Turtles movie line that's my real dream line. This other line is a dream line that I didn't realize was a dream line, but that I just can't afford. That's 180 bucks for four figures. You guys, I can't do that. That's crazy talk. Uh, although, if I consider the fact that I'm saving 130 bucks a month on cable, no, I'm, I can't. I can't do it. I can't do it, you guys. Uh, and again, if I could walk into a store and just buy them, Maybe a different story, but this whole having to pay shipping, doing the pre-order, waiting months and months and months, uh, it's a different level of commitment and one that I went through with Mattel's Masters of the Universe Classics from Maddie Collector, and I'm just not interested in going through again. As a matter of fact, having said that, I am currently waiting for my William Stout Masters of the Universe movie figures. I'm not sure what's going on with those. And then there's the Billy Bob vinyl figure from Showbiz Pizza that I ordered. Now, granted, it's coming from an independent artist, so it's a little bit of a different proposition. But I thought that thing was coming out in spring of this year, and it's starting to look like it's going to be the beginning of next year. But if it's a quality piece, I don't really care. I have often said I would rather wait for quality product 
then get something as soon as possible. But it is nice getting things as soon as possible. And that's what I'm going to close on is uh, hopefully very, very soon now, I will be doing an episode about Triple Force Friday and all of the Star Wars product that has been released as part of that and since then. And I'm holding in my hand right now a figure that is, uh, I wouldn't say it's a dream figure, but since Marvel launched their Star Wars comic book series that takes place between A New Hope and Empire Strikes Back, I have been so badly wanting a figure of Luke in the uniform he's wearing at the end of A New Hope on Yavin, uh, where he receives the medal. Because that's what he wears throughout Marvel's series that takes place between Episode 4 and 5. Uh, which, which, by the way, that series is ending, and they're launching a new series that takes place between 5 and 6, which is so freaking exciting to me. Uh, oh, and uh, yeah, that's another thing. I canceled all my comics. That's a whole... Yeah, yeah, real quick, I'll just say. I canceled all my comics in my local comic shop. Uh, the, I'll, I'll be honest, they were not doing everything that I want a comic shop to do. There were a lot of missed issues, uh, a lot of... I had to wait almost a year to start reading Amazing Spider-Man because they didn't pull the first two issues for me. Uh, it, it's there, there have been a few fiascos there. So I'm trying to decide now if I just want to stop buying comics and save myself even more money or if I want to go to my old friends at Titan Comics and uh, maybe just get a few titles and a pull and uh, see how that goes. So, so there you go. There's another crazy, insane thing. Lots of change. The last month has resulted in a lot of change. Uh, but anyway, I've got this Luke figure in my hand right now. I happened to cross it. I got lucky at GameStop the other day. They just had this just hanging on the pegs. It's, it's from the second wave of post-Triple Force Friday figures, or I guess Triple Force Friday figures, if you consider those wave one. This is wave two. Uh, and Luke was just right there, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to get that Luke. I want Luke in that costume because as much as we all love Jedi Luke, like I never pictured him that way in the expanded universe. I, I always wanted a kind of intermediary between farm boy Luke and Jedi Luke. Uh, and, and Dagobah Luke didn't quite get it done because that, let's be honest, that beige suit isn't very eye-catching. But this, this is a cool look, and this is a great figure. This is the Black Series figure, not the Vintage Collection figure. I'll get into that in our future episode where we talk about all of these new Star Wars toys. So you guys, I think that brings me to the end of the episode. I had no intention of sitting here and talking for an hour and seven minutes. Uh, my voice is getting ready to give out because I thought I was going to record a ten-minute intro, and I've gone quite a bit beyond that. Uh, but... I, I hope that you have gotten something out of this. I hope you have enjoyed this. I've always gotten very positive feedback about these kinds of episodes. I don't do them very often because, quite frankly, it takes a lot out of you. But uh, please go to needlessthingspodcast.com. Check us out. New stuff every single week, every Friday. A new episode of the Needless Things Podcast posts. Uh, join the Needless Things Podcast Facebook group. Follow Needless Things Podcast on Instagram. Follow Phantom Troublemaker on Instagram. Uh, Twitter, You you if you're on Twitter, go ahead and give us a follow. 
I'm not really active there, aside from trying to win contests from the Major Wrestling Figure Podcast. Uh, but just spread the word. I don't know that this episode is necessarily the one you want to share, but uh, share an episode. Put it up. Tell your friends about Needless Things. If you enjoy the show, let other people know about it. I don't understand this weird thing. Uh, oh, yeah, you know what? This, this, is, this is where I'll end. My friends made a movie. It's called Joe Stryker. Go to Big Cartel. I think it's joestriker.bigcartel.com. That may not be accurate, but if you put in Joe Stryker with a Y, Big Cartel, uh, go pre-order this movie. Uh, I'm, I couldn't be more proud of Ryan Cadaver and Kevin Slayfield. I feel like these two guys could take over the world if they wanted to. The heart and the soul and the work that they put into this movie over the last year is astonishing to me. Now, Ryan is all young and vigorous and full of piss and vinegar. Uh, Kevin's my age, so I don't understand where he's getting all the energy to do this bullshit. But these guys made a movie that I truly believe is something special and remarkable. And you can go right now. You can pre-order it on Blu-ray. You can pre-order it on DVD. You can get shirts. You can get hoodies. You can get all kinds of bullshit. Uh, But promise me this. Promise me that you'll go into Google, you'll put in Joe Stryker with a Y, Big Cartel, and go go check out the very reasonable prices to support the blood, the sweat, the tears, the heart, the soul, the talent, the sheer incredible effort that these guys and a cast, including myself, uh, and and loving wives and family, you know, all of this kind of stuff takes time and 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 dedication and it's not just the creators it's the people around them that deserve tribute and deserve and i don't i don't know if i want to mention ah fuck it i'll mention names uh kira and nicole have been there every step of the way have been supportive it's been incredible for these guys i want to give them credit i want to give them props i want to tell them how awesome they are because I know this has been draining and exhausting and has taken so much out of these guys. But I think the final product is going to be worth it. And I think every single one of you needs to not only go and pre-order your copy of Joe Striker or your t-shirt or whatever it is you want, but share this thing around. Let people know about it because this is something very special. This is something that deserves to be seen and deserves your attention. So that's what I'm going to say. That's how I'm going to wrap this thing up. Ladies and gentlemen, Phantomaniacs, please come back next week because the plan is to have the creators of Joe Stryker on the Needless Things podcast to talk about how the fuck they had the dedication to make this movie. And then the week after that, I think, is the next Needless Commentary, which I won't tell you what it is right now, but I'll tell you next week. You guys... Thank you for sitting down and listening to me. Thank you for letting me get some stuff off my chest. Uh, Thank you for being there for me for the past, what, five years now? I think I've been doing this. Is that right? That sounds crazy. This is the 290th episode. Uh, In in 10 more episodes, we'll be at 300. And, And maybe I'll do something special. Maybe I won't. It depends on how drained I am. But uh, whatever the case... Thank you for listening. Thank you for being here. Thank you for sharing the show. Thank you for going and checking out Joe Stryker. And uh, I love you guys.
Thank you for listening to the Needless Things podcast. You're the best. You can find the show on iTunes, Stitcher, Downcast, or in the ears of a Trader Vicks employee. Love you. Mean it. Uh Uh-huh.